We're going to be opening the Word together now, and you need to turn to Acts chapter 5 in your Bibles, and uh, we're going to be uh, talking again about scattered church as we've been going through our series um, over these past few weeks. Thank you for all your comments back. It's been great to hear uh, what you've been talking about, and we've had some great conversations in life groups uh, about this. Uh, It's really stirring the church And uh, we're finding that many churches, especially in our family of churches, Relational Mission, are all speaking about the same thing at the moment. It might have different titles and different uh, ways, but but the the, the theme that's running through the church at the moment is is how are we dealing with this this scattering? You know, we're not able to gather as we did uh, at the beginning of the year. We are scattered in lots of different ways. So how do we deal with that? What does that mean for us? So this theme is running through the church and we, it's part of our, our preaching through this year when we've been looking at different things. We, we preached through 2 Corinthians. Then we spoke about hope and we, we focused on what does it mean to have hope. Um, we looked at just for four weeks on the uh, discipleship and making disciples. And then we spoke about faith and we, we looked at Old Testament characters and uh, looked about what it means to grow in faith. And since September, we've been working through uh, Scattered Church, which is based on this book uh, by Alan Scott. And some of the things that you'll find coming through our series will come straight from this book. We want to recommend it to you. We want you to buy it and we want you to read it um, because it's a great book full of wonderful stories, miracles uh, that God is doing uh, in this church. So we recommend this book, Scattered Servants by Alan Scott. You'll get it on Kindle uh, and uh, you can get it in paperback. Um, but great, a great book to read. And several of the things that we've been doing uh, through this have come through it. Some of the titles have come from the book. And we're on uh, week five already. It's going fast. Week five already. And uh, uh, when I did this, we, we took this title, Repositioning the Church to Reach the Lost. I think if I was doing this again, I would change the title. Uh, as you will see if we go through this morning, I've, I've uh, changed my mind on a few things. But the, the whole thing is how do we position the church so that we are effective for the kingdom? What does that look like for us? And we're going to be looking at that this morning. Right at the beginning of the series, I ask these questions. Uh, what if? These are what if questions. What if God really does want everybody to be saved? That's what the Bible says. What if we believed it? What if uh, we took God's invitation to go after the lost seriously? You know, this is what Jesus told us we had to do. Uh, What if we took that seriously? What if when we're gathered, it is marked by the presence of God? And what is when we're scattered, we are empowered by his spirit. That's what I'm going to be looking at today, those two things, our gathering and scattering and the presence and power of God. God. What is it if it was normal uh, for people to come to faith every day? And what if our services attracted the lost and empowered the found? Some questions that we will be working through as we go through our series together. We started with this and this little diagram that I drew out. uh, What did it mean to be gathered, coming in together, uh, attractional, bringing other lost in, bringing those that are seeking into the church so they will find Jesus And then our missional uh, going out, being scattered, 
going from the building, from the gathering, out into the world, everyday lives. Uh, we, we want to say uh, to us that these, these two things happen in the church. And, and Alan Scott has a very good um, description of this. So anything that's gathered and can be attractional is, is anything that happens on church time and on church territory. Okay, so that we're bringing people into where we meet at our time, come along and we invite them in. And that's a great way of mission. I, I think it's brilliant. And, and the church, it should be attractional. Jesus attracted people to himself. There should be something about the church that people will want to come and see. And then the other way of going out, anything that happens outside church time and territory is when we're scattered and we're on mission and, and though both of these things happen together, I want to say that, the, that it's not either or, it's both and. And as we look at it in a slightly different way, uh, we've got scattered and missional and attractional and gathered at the top there. One of the things that's happened in the past and, and is still happening today, that if you take the Ephesian four ministries, uh, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, uh, shepherd and teacher, the, 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 the first three, the apes if you like, apostle, prophet, evangelist, they, they tend to go into pioneering mode and, and, and missional mode, whereas the pastor teacher uh, are, are looking at the gathered mode. How do we teach people? How do we pastor the flock? And, um, and what's happened is all of our time and energies have been to train pastors. All of our Bible colleges, everything that we do, trains pastors. All of our money, all of our energy goes into the gathering. And there's a, there's a sort of a gravity here that, that we get pulled uh, from, from mission into uh, uh, gathering. And, and, and there's a, we seem to settle in that bottom part of this equation. And then, of course, then our program follow suit. We have Sunday services, uh, our life groups all tend to come into this gathering. How do we encourage one another, build one another up, get into the word, pray for one another and all of our time and effort goes into that and then we just release a few specialist teams to go and do the mission. That's their job, they're gifted in that and uh, that's what happens and that's the danger of this, and, and I, I want to say that we don't want to get into that mode. We want to be both gathered and scattered. And I would much rather see us in this sort of thing where, where everything is one. That the, the, the Ephesian four giftings of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher are actually speaking in and being involved in everything, both missional and attractional, both going and being gathered. And in fact, if you take that passage. Uh, from Ephesians 4, it's in the context of Jesus saying that he was in order to fill the whole universe. So even the gift of these uh, ministries to the church are in the context of, of, of going to the nations for Jesus, his glory to fill the whole universe. And what if all of our activities, all of our programs, even those that were gifted in evangelism, covered the whole, that our Sunday services, our life groups, everything that we did was whole, rather than making a distinction of one and the other. Yes, there is a very practical time when we're gathered, but there's also a time when we're scattered. God doesn't turn off when we go out of the building on a Sunday morning and say, right, that's it, I'll see you next Sunday, guys. And we want to know that actually we are the church wherever we go, and God is with us. 
So what I want to talk about this morning is how our gathering equips us for our going. How we need both and how we need to operate in both of those things. And uh, so our Bible reading is from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. And Femi is going to bring our Bible reading now and then we'll open that word together uh, after we've uh, listened to this being read. Thank you. Today's reading is Acts 5, 12-16. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Nobody else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so at least Peter's shadow might fall onto them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Thank you. Femi, that was wonderful. Um, wonderful word. A great uh, passage of scripture from the early church. And uh, let us just pray that God will open up these words to us. It's important that we, we base what we're doing in the word of God. Uh, and, and I want the word of God to speak to us this morning. Uh, not just me uh, just speak, but the word of God to come alive for each one of us. Holy Spirit, we pray, come, uh, come alive uh, through these words. Come and teach us and guide us, we pray. Uh, come and bring uh, your truths into our hearts. And uh, Lord, may we learn from you. May we learn from your word. Holy Spirit, come, instruct us and guide us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, from this passage that you see uh, now on the screen, we can see that there is both a gathering and a scattering. Uh, we can see that, that all the believers used to meet together. And there was this, this commitment to gather, that, that they, were, they wasn't going to stop gathering. Uh, they gathered together, uh, and, and we can see the signs and wonders that was happening there. And then we see that as they met together, then people met with them on the streets. And even as Peter walked past, his shadow was healing people. So what was happening in the gathering overspilled into the streets. And so we see both gathered and scattered. They didn't just stay gathered, now they went out. And we can see uh, this wonderful truth in the early church here. And so, let's look at the gathered church, first of all, uh, to see what that looks like. You remember, uh, when we started this series, I talked from Hebrews 10, verse 25, saying that we mustn't stop meeting together. We mustn't stop meeting together. I know that it's a challenge at the moment. I know that for some people it's really hard uh, on, online, um, but there's a commitment to gathering that we see in the early church uh, that they, whatever, they were being persecuted, they were being, uh, um, being hunted down, you know, and if we take some of the uh, brothers and sisters across the world today, they're, they're meeting underground, in secret, in places, because there's a commitment to gather, they overcome the hardships, they overcome the obstacles, so that they can gather in some way, because it's so important. And I want to encourage us to do whatever we can to gather, 
Now, at the moment, that's online. And I know that's tough for some. But I want to get, encourage you to get over that and just to come and be with us. We're living in a, a time uh, where you can just watch things on demand. And, uh, and I know many of you will be watching this during the week on demand uh, and catching up when it suits you. And that's fine. And that's, sometimes that's great. But there is something special about knowing that at half past ten on a Sunday morning that people are gathering together in, in uh, a co- coordinated time where we come together as the church and we can comment with each other, we can encourage one another. You know, there's something about that which is special. And I want to encourage us to say, for that hour in the week, that, that time in the week, that, that from half past ten to half past eleven-ish, I'm going to commit to be there. And then life groups, we have life groups during the week. Our life group lasts for an hour and a half, uh, once a week. And, 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 and you want people to say, I'm going to clear my diary, I'm going to commit to gather. I'm going to be there. I'm going to finish work early. I'm going to make sure I'm not cooking the dinner. I'm going to do this and do that so that I can be with God's people. There's something about gathering here which is really important. And I, and I put some different things here about what it means to go to church, which is a consumer base. It's seen as a dispenser of religious goods and services. People come to the church to be fed. That's what they come to. I want to be fed. Feed me. Here I am. Come on. You know, and, 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 and there should be some feeding, but that's not why you come. You come to serve. I come to be fed, have their needs met through quality programs and have the professionals teach and their children about God. This is, this is the danger of our gathering. And then the New Testament church, a body of people sent on mission who gather in community for worship, encouragement and teaching from the word in addition to what they are self-feeding themselves through the week and their family. This is the difference between a New Testament church and what we have the danger of today of getting into. Gathering is so, so important. We must not stop gathering together. Andrew Wilson, who's a great uh, theologian and and uses uh, uh, his Twitter feeds uh, to comment ever such a lot, and he's on Think Theology with a load of other uh, New Frontiers guys that are great and worth following. He said this in an interview, I think it was, which came out on Twitter. He says, if the Bible is true, and of course he believes that the Bible is true, uh, if the Bible is true, I would expect it to have cost me spiritually not to meet as a church. I expect not having communion, not having corporate prayer, not having corporate singing to take a huge toll on my spiritual life. Because we're told that we must meet together. It's good for us. It does us good. And of course, we're we're in restrictions now, so we have to make the best of what that looks like. But can I encourage us not to stop gathering together? Make it a priority. Make it a commitment. And what does that, should that look like? Well, a healthy church, what should we do when we gather uh, as church? What does that look like? Acts 2, um, we've not got time to go through it all, but if you would have a chance uh, later to go through Acts 2 uh, verses 36 to 47, you will find these things in the early church as part of what they did when they gathered. Repentance 
You know, repent and be baptized. Repentance, baptism. The Holy Spirit was at work. There was the word, prayer, worship, communion. There was deep fellowship, love uh, there. There was generosity. There was witnessing. There was a gathering, a commitment to gather. And there was leadership. You find all of those uh, in Acts chapter 2 as the, the church was birthed. This is what they gave themselves to. This is what we do when we gather. All of these things are important to us. And we are a community of believers. We're not lone rangers. The Bible has no such thing in the New Testament of a person on their own as a Christian. It's always in community. But as we go back to our passage that we looked earlier, we find uh, this verse here that no one else dared join them. So how do we reconcile what it means to gather with this, this comment made from Acts chapter 5, verse 13, that as they gathered, as the apostles were doing signs and wonders, no one else dared join them. Now, the Greek here uh, has the possibility of that being them being the, the apostles or them being the church. And so we're not quite sure who them was. Um, but either the apostles or the church, there was something about them that people held back. They, they didn't want to go. They, they felt there was something happening here that they couldn't get involved, they couldn't get close to. And I want to uh, say that this is, for us as the church, this is the holy presence of a holy God in his church. Now we are the temple. We are the temple of the living God. God is When we're gathered and when we're scattered, God is with us. But when we're gathered, especially, we, we see the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit upon us. And this is a, a study that we can do at some stage uh, with the temple. And if we go right the way back, even to the Garden of Eden, if you wanted to go back a bit further, when God was with Adam and Eve, but if we take the tabernacle of Moses, we see as they, they built this tabernacle and as they dedicated the Lord, it, it said in Exodus chapter 14 that Moses could not enter. You see, the glory of God, the holiness of God was, was there. And, and when God is there, you, you find yourself, well, I, I don't know if I can enter into that holiness. I don't know if I can go there. He's too holy, too pure, and, and I'm not. And so there's this, this resistance, this reluctance to go in because you, you, you couldn't stand before a holy God. And as we go through the Old Testament, we see Solomon's temple was built. And as they dedicated Solomon's temple, it says again, the priest could not enter. There's something about the, 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 the presence of God coming again, the glory of God coming upon the temple, that the priest could say, I can't go into that holiness, this, this holy uh, presence of God. And then, of course, we see Jesus uh, come down, incarnate uh, God amongst us. And it says uh, that the Word became flesh and uh, that his presence, uh, his, uh, that the, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And that word dwelling is he tabernacled uh, amongst us. And we see his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we see the glory of the Lord upon Jesus. He is the, the walking, living temple uh, that, that walked on this earth. And then, of course, we're told that the church becomes the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 fills the church. In the, 
in, in 1 Corinthians, there's two verses here which are very, very interesting. We see the first one in, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, which says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and the God's spirit lives among you? And, and here, uh, we're talking about the church, plural. That, that, that as we gather, as we are together, the glory of God is upon us, that we, the church, are the temple of God. And then in, in 6.19, it, when it's talking about individuals, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So, so again here we see when we're gathered well, as a corporate entity, as we come together as church, God is with us. God's power, his glory, his holiness fill his church. But as individuals as well, we are carrying the holiness and the glory of God. And I, I think it's on this basis that we find that, uh, that as, they, as the people were watching what was happening in the church, they said, we, we can't go in. The glory of God is upon them. Surely God is with them. And they recognised their sinfulness. And they said, we can't go in. It does say, nevertheless, more and more men and women were added to their number. That there is something about this glory, this holiness, this, this love, this purity, which attracts people. So there was this, this holiness. And I want us to say that, that if we're going to reposition ourselves as a church, then I think we need to just cry out to God to fill us again. Come, Holy Spirit, fill your church again. Fill us with your glory your beauty, your holiness. We are the temple of the living God. Come Holy Spirit. And when God is present, when God is with us, we will see the manifest power of God at work amongst us. And people will take note. People will say, I want to go and see what's going on there. And they will come in and they will realise the, the, the holiness of God and they will fall on their knees and they will repent because they will recognise how sinful they are. It's because God is in his church. Let us just allow the Holy Spirit to come. Let's spend time in his presence. Let's just relax and say, Lord, here we are. We've got no other agenda other than being with you this morning. Come, Lord, fill your church again. Fill your church again. We are the temple. And there's something beautiful about the church. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. So our gathering is very important. We, we come to be encouraged. We come to be built up. We, we come to, to just lay our lives before God to bow the knee in worship and adoration and to allow him to fill us again. This is what was happening here. Signs and wonders, the holiness of God evident, the awesome presence of God in his church. If, if anything, out of all of this, uh, uh, and we, if you read the book from Alan Scott, you will find he gives a lot of practical things about how we do notices, how we welcome people in, how we do our sermons, how it goes a lot of practical things, and, and, and all very helpful. But out of all of that, if we're going to reposition the church to reach the lost, we need God. 
We need his Holy Spirit. We need to know the awesome presence of God. People will come because they say, God is at work. There are people being healed, people being set free, people being saved. The presence of God there. We want to come and find out what God is doing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come upon us. Come, come upon your church. We pray, Lord. But of course, as we see this happening uh, in our reading, it didn't stop there. As they went out, we found that uh, they, uh, all of what's happened in the church happened outside of the church. They were doing signs and wonders as they gathered. And then as they went out, people were bringing people onto the streets uh, so that, uh, that they could be healed just as the, the, the apostles passed by. See, what was happening in overflowed out. And I think if we are meeting, truly gathering to the presence of God, to his power, to his awesome holiness, then we can't help but carry the presence of God wherever we go. The kingdom of God established in his church will flow out into our communities. The power and authority, we've spoken about the authority uh, of the kingdom and the ministry of the kingdom. As as we come together, these things will just flow out as we go into the world. We find that mission actually flows from worship. You cannot be on mission if you're not worshipping. If you're not gathering, then you're not going to be very fruitful when you go to be scattered. Mission flows from Worship. Jesus himself in John 15 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You see, see if we want to be fruitful for God, we can only be fruitful when we abide. In Matthew 28, we often use this uh, passage about going and make disciples, but be aware that this actually flows from a place when, when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him. That's where we start. When they see Jesus, they worshipped him. And he said, all authority in heaven and earth is mine, therefore go. You see, mission flows out of worship. Mission flows out of abiding. Mission flows out of us being with Jesus, us being together. If we're not gathering, then when we're scattered, we're going to struggle. And of course, I want us to know that God gives us everything that we need when we go. We are not left wanting. When we're going out, Jesus said, I'm going to send you out like sheep among wolves. Uh, But don't forget, he's the good shepherd. You know, he's not going to not protect us from the wolves. That's what he he does. And and, and he, he gives us everything we need to go. And I I want us to to think about what that looks like for each one of us. When we're gathered, it's beautiful. The body of Christ working together, uh, there'll be a prophetic word, a a tongue, there'll be an instruction, there'll be preaching from the word, there'll be worship, there'll be praying for one another. It's beautiful to see the body of Christ working together. But when we go, we're very often on our own. But I want to say that, that whatever you come across when you go, God will give you everything you need for that purpose. There's a great book um, um, that uh, is out there um, and it's by um, Brathman and Beckstrom and it's called The Starfish and the Spider. And uh, 
Uh, they talk about organisations and they, they look in at organisations and the difference between the way that they are. And if you take a spider, uh, for example, and uh, I know how uh, some people don't like spiders, um, so please forgive me for this slide, um, but if you take a spider uh, and, and you chop off a leg, it will survive uh, and it will keep hobbling around. If you chop off another one, it will might keep going for a little while longer. Um, but if you chop off the head the spider's dead. Nothing's going to happen. It's finished. And, 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 and if, if, you, if you chop off the head of a spider, everything to, that controls the spider is contained in his head. However, if you take a starfish, now a starfish is different. If you were to chop off one of the tentacles of a starfish, the starfish would survive. And not only that, that tentacle, that one that's been cut off, will start to develop itself into a new starfish. Because everything that's needed to make a new starfish is in that tentacle. It's not contained in the head, it's, it's going through the whole of the body. And that's how the church is, or how the church should be. If we rely on uh, a charismatic leader uh, who, who is, is paid to do all the work, and when that charismatic is gone, the church will die. But if we realise that God has given each one of us everything we need, that the DNA that God has given to the church is in every member of the church, that when we're on our own, we can not only flourish, but we will see beauty all around us. We will be able to minister in power and glory. We won't have to say to someone who comes to us and says, I'm, I'm ill, can you pray for me? You can't say, no, that's not my gifting. Let me bring you on Sunday to someone that can pray. No, God has given you everything you need to pray for that person and pray for their healing. And every single one of us actually has the DNA to multiply If we look at a different uh, picture here, here I've got uh, uh, in my hands, what do you see? What do you see here? Yeah, I've got some interaction from the room. I've got uh, some people in the room here. Uh, so tell me, what do you see? No, it's on the an acorn. acorn. So, so what you see here is an acorn. Okay, it's on the screen as well for those at home that can't see that. See, it is actually an acorn. But actually, what you could see here is an oak tree. You could see an oak tree here, because all of the DNA for an oak tree is contained in this one acorn. And in fact, if you go even further, what you could see is a forest of oak trees. Because once one grow, there'll be many more acorns that will then develop and grow. I want to say to each one of us that we have the DNA within us as we are scattered, to minister for Jesus, to multiply disciples, to go and represent him wherever we go. It starts with gathering, coming to Jesus, but he does send us out. There is a going that we need to understand, we've been called to. So just to what is our response? Well, I want us to, to commit to gathering. In whatever way we can at the moment, let's commit to say, I'm going to be part of the local church that God has called me to. And for good or bad, you're going to be there. You know, some weeks, let me say, some weeks uh, when I'm preaching, I'll just talk about me preaching, and you'll, you'll be totally... 
forgettable. You'll go away and say, that was really nice, but I don't know what you said, um, and that's fine. Other weeks, you say, wow, that was really helpful, that really built me up. Now, there's a a little bit of analogy here with meals. If I was to say to you, what did you have three Sundays ago for your lunch? You may not be able to tell me. It It was forgettable, you've forgotten completely, but it did you good at the time. I want to say to you, however good the preaching is, however good the fellowship is, however good the life group is, it does you good at the time. Just to be with God's people. I want to say to you, even if I spoke a load of rubbish this morning, you have read from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16, the word of God is enough to feed you. Now I hope I've not spoke a lot of rubbish this morning, but the, the word of God feeds us, that's all we need. We've had a time of prayer this morning. All we need is to say, I'm going to pray and God will bless you. I want to encourage us to commit to gathering. If we're going to gather, we need to abide in Christ. We need to worship. We need to pray. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's all about him. And then, of course, we go in faith. We go As we finish this morning, we're going to go. We've got a Zoom call so we can talk and pray with one another in a moment. Then After that, we're going to be going into different places of the world. As we go tomorrow morning, we're going to be connecting with different people. We're going to go. It's part of life. But as we go, remember that he's given us everything we need. Peter Vincent, who preached a couple of weeks ago, he said this, as we step out, he steps in. Let's trust him, let's go in faith, knowing that he is with us. The Bible is, I think, very clear about what we are to be and what we are to do. But it's only the Holy Spirit that helps us, that gives us the the, the possibility, that makes it beable and doable. It's only him. It's his presence, it's his glory, it's his power. Maybe our gatherings, what if our gatherings would be marked by the presence of God and outsiders coming in and say, surely God is with these people. Wouldn't it be great if that was the mark upon our gatherings, that God is here. And then as we go, we'll go in the power of the Spirit, knowing that Jesus is with us. The Holy Spirit is empowering us. God has sent us into the world for his glory and for his kingdom. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your church. We we love your church. We love brothers and sisters that gather with us. We thank you for all that you're doing amongst us. We thank you for the power of your word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, take your word and, and plant it into our lives. Lord, we rejoice in your goodness and your faithfulness. And we thank you, Lord, that as we go, as we are scattered into the world, You are with us. And you have given us everything we need to live life, to live a holy life, to live a righteous life, and to be your representatives 
wherever we go. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your church. Bless each brother and sister that is listening uh, to us this morning and those that will listen on demand. Be glorified in your church, Lord. And Lord, as we gather and we we hear your voice and we, we see you at work, Lord, may the love and the joy and the peace... And, and the movement of, and the move of the Holy Spirit just overflow in our lives to everyone that we will meet during the week. Fill us again, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, upon your church, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.